You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, Hometown Heroes Edition. This is, this yes, is special. For sure, for yeah. sure. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people, um, it's surprisingly, um, a lot of people have been asking us to come to Nashville. Yeah. And um, so it was ironic. That's crazy. Yeah, it was ironic when, when Troy hit me up and told me about these, these good brothers um, and they got a dope, a dope business going. Then we, we looked into it. We realized that they were serial entrepreneurs. And even <laughs> yeah, better yeah. than that, they're childhood friends. Absolutely. So we got EJ, Clinton, and Derek from Slim and Huskies. Um, and they're a pizza empire. Um, and they have... Uh, Artisan pizza. <laughs> Artisan pizza. Artisan pizza. <laughs> I like that. They have um, three locations in Nashville, one location in ATL, um, one location in Memphis on the way, and yeah. another location in ATL on the way as well. Yeah, Sacramento too. They, they, ain't, they ain't playing. They, they had an adventure yeah. west. Yeah. <laughs> Cali, Cali yeah. love. Nah, nah, nah. So these guys is dope. Um, once again, they're, they're from Nashville, Tennessee, and... Um, they have businesses in, in the community. They're employing the community. Yeah. Um, and it was really inspiring story when we looked into it. So first and foremost, thank you guys for rocking with us. Thank Appreciate you for joining us. Welcome, Welcome to the table, man. Welcome to the table. It was crazy. We were at um, our Atlanta event. And um, after we spoke, it was like everybody was from Tennessee. It was like, yo, I'm from Tennessee. Y'all need to come. I'm like, oh, y'all know these guys? They were like, oh, yeah, 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 we know them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, bad. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to Tennessee. All right, so how does this all start as far as, because I want to talk about the first business that you guys had, um, but before we even talk about the business, so you guys grew up together, right? Yeah. So, you know, especially coming from working class neighborhoods and things of that nature, we're not always trained to be entrepreneurs. We're trained to, like, get a quote-unquote good job, right? Like, a lot of times. So, as three young men, um, what made you have that entrepreneurial bug and want to actually look into going to business? Uh, for myself, I think, you know, it was, again, like everybody else, you know, working class, like you said, we train to, you know, finish high school, go to college, get a good job, and, you know, that's that's where it ends. By the house with I mean? the picket fence. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, but for me, man, I, I, uh, I just – Never felt good with that. Even when I was in, when I got into, you know, corporate America or whatever, the federal government, whatever that I was working for, it's like I, I never felt good about it. You know what I mean? I was thinking to myself, like, why, like, like this can't be like life. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it ain't nothing wrong with having a job. You know what I'm saying? This I'm just can't like, be man, life. This I'm waking up. Life. 
going to work, come home, go work out, eat, go to sleep, repeat, do it all over repeat, again. You know what repeat, I'm saying? Repeat. Like, this ain't fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I always had that entrepreneur spirit in me. You know, we would talk about it in the dorm room all the time about starting our own business stuff. So, you know, for me, it was just like, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel like it was my purpose. So, mm. so y'all, y'all all went to school together, right? Yeah. yeah. Tennessee State University? Tennessee State. Yeah. But so, so you two went to elementary school. Yep. Yep. Y'all all met at high school. Then y'all all went to football. So nah. these two. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, <laughs> so, I'm thinking you was a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> after, after the games, he was the quarterback. He was yeah, setting up yeah, all the parties. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah, plays. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he yeah, he was slanging, slanging the liquor. Too, <laughs> yeah. I know my <laughs> role and I play. Yeah. <laughs> Running the routes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. So in college... When does the first business start? Because the first business, you have a, a, a trucking company, eco-friendly moving, moving trucking trucking yep. company, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the what's the play for that? Because that actually becomes really successful. But you start that with one thousand dollars, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So so what happened was so we graduated Tennessee State two thousand seven. We stayed in contact with each other. You know, we all three went our separate ways. Working out, I, I worked in finance, sales, and Mo kind of did a little bit of everything. <laughs> and um, man, we. Graduated, kind of went our separate ways for a while, and just stayed in contact with each other about being entrepreneurs and, and, and starting a business together. So in 2010, well, 2000, take it back a little bit. 2009, Mo had uh, was working as an air traffic controller. They, they moved my boy up to uh, Saginaw, Michigan. Moving on up, my boy up there stressing. So he like, bro, we got to expedite this, man. Let's figure this out. He said, man, he he came with the idea to do a moving company. He had worked for a moving company while while we were in college. Um, and I'm like, I'm against it initially. I'm like, man, that seemed like hard work. It's cold, <laughs> it's hot, it's heavy stuff. I'm like, nah. Then I thought about it for about a week, and I said, let's do it. So we all each put a thousand dollars a piece into an account. Maybe you know, maybe somebody had a little less, a little bit more, um, but roughly a thousand dollars a piece in an account. And that was January 2010, and by April 2010, we was in business. Hey, and while, while you're on that topic, topic I want to clarify. We did an interview with uh, CBS World News. I saw it. And, and they chopped <laughs> it up. It made it sound like we started Slimmer Huskies with three thousand dollars. Oh. So just want to clarify that on here. That, all right. We started the moving company, company with three thousand dollars, not Slim or Husky. Okay. So, so when you when you start the moving company, it's you three, and y'all. How, how do y'all attract in business, right? So, the crazy thing about it, this was two thousand and ten. So it's back when Groupon was hot. So you know, we all we had, we, we spent the money on flyers, uh, a bootleg website. You know, something customers could go at least read our mission statement. Uh, and we put a Groupon out there that we would do two hours of moving for like eighty nine dollars, and um, <laughs> fell asleep over Mo's mom's house. We we uh, we actually uh, were parked the U-Hauls outside uh, Mo's mom's house because we didn't have any trucks, so we would rent you know U-Hauls. Mm-hmm. And so woke up the next morning and we had this little cell phone that was attached to the business. And I woke up and uh, it was like. 60 missed calls and I was like whoa I, got <laughs> I was like <laughs> I said I gotta, I gotta hop on this so uh end up actually calling out a, uh, my side job that day and was just fielding calls and we booked at the end of the day we booked like 150 moves first day first day wow first, you had 100 so all right how do you facilitate that though so basically we made a commitment we were like you know what um we can make a lot of money with this but the number one goal is to walk out of this thing with a great reputation and so we basically uh, you know, made the schedule to where 
at least two of us could always be on the truck. You know, we all work side jobs. This is just a thing we were building. So, um, you know, we would make this schedule so that, you know, we could always do the move. And every now and then it was a big move. Somebody had to, you know, get caught. Like, hey, man, you got to leave work, man. Tell <laughs> you got to call out today, man. Somebody's <laughs> sick. I don't know. And so we scheduled out like within like three months over the summertime. Um, you know, we broke a lot of stuff. You know, we, we were amateurs, but we, you know, made a lot of people smile that were typically stressed out about, you know, moving. Yeah. And so we turned that, you know, just into, you know, four and five star reviews all over the Internet. And now we had a business that we could market and push, you know, in an industry that people just hated to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move was, I mean, it was very strategic how y'all went about business. Y'all changed the typical experience. Like when I hired a mover company, it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But y'all were very intentional about how y'all were going to change the industry. You want to talk about some of the things y'all did that were different? Yeah, so um, we just wanted to be, we studied the mover industry before we jumped in the game. Like we, we did our research. So it was like, man, what, what are the things people hate about moving? And uh, it was like customer service was one. They felt like, you know, that moving companies didn't pay attention to details, just all about booking the move, and that was it. Um, so we went in on that end. It was like, yo, we got to make sure that the customer service is on point. Uh, so how do we do that? We made sure that, you know, we picked up the phone when they called, um, paid attention to the details. We um, booked the jobs with friendliness, so to speak. It was an eco-friendly moving company, so it was all about, you know, big smiles, being friendly, being professional. We uh, put the movers and even ourselves in collar shirts and khakis, so we all were uniformed. And when we walked up, we looked like we were professional. You know what I mean? And the tr- the trucks, we wrapped them and, and made them like nice, bright. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was our promotion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we ran the trucks on biodiesel fuel, so B20. So there was an eco-friendly play on it. And then recycled uh, all the moving materials for our customers, so we would come back pick up the moving boxes, the plastic, recycle it for them, and then uh, um, planted two trees after every move through a nonprofit. So we just That's a lot. Flipped, <laughs> try to flip it to, to make to make us more attractive than the next ordinary move. No, that's, that's a good that's, story yeah, because you got to separate yourself. In, in, it's always in any line of business, you got to see how you can separate yourself, yeah. right? Right. So like for you, for do the um, eco-friendly play, mm-hmm. and it's like, I mean, A, it's a, it's a good thing to do, yeah. but it also separates you from the million other companies that's mm-hmm. just doing the same thing, exactly. but it's like they're not eco-friendly. Like right. you know what I'm saying? So right. it's like if, if it's sometimes the slightest edge can make a big difference in exactly. business. Another thing we did too, we focused on scale. We focused on so we said we want to have the appearance of a much larger business, yeah. right? So one of the biggest compliments I always it, it sticks with me. A lot of times we're going on these jobs, and someone will be like, "Are y'all a franchise?" Like. Yeah, where y'all out of? Like, you know what I mean? And, and for me, that was like, okay, we're doing this thing right. Because yeah. people, you know, we would send out emails before the move. We had these confirmation calls. We would, you know, call you when we were on the way. We did the small details that, like, made it seem like we were a larger company yeah. than what we were. You know, at the time, we might have had one or two trucks. So I, I, I'm thinking in my mind, right? Y'all went, at what point did y'all go from U-Hauls to getting your own trucks? So we were about... So eight months, eight, in. Eight, eight months in. So eight months. We started April. We had our first truck in September. We uh, we made a nice little trip down to Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. from Nashville, and we purchased a vehicle also known as Little Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a it was a ninety nine ninety nine yeah. had you know ninety nine hundred thousand miles on it. And, yeah. Um, we brought it back to Nashville. So the so the first three thousand, you, you pretty much that was just like startup costs, and you was actually using U-Haul trucks, like renting trucks. Yeah, you was working yourselves. Y'all three was working. Yeah. Did you have any other workers? And not initially. 
Okay. Like family, I think. Yeah, 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 younger yeah, brother, like just sporadically yeah, pay yeah. somebody like a hundred dollars, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, Yo, bro, I need but you. it's all money. <laughs> it's, it's all money, and you keep all the money. And then, as you get enough money, now you actually purchase your first truck. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Another important fact too is at the time, so 2010, Clint and I ended up going back to school. So I'm in grad school at the time. Clint's in grad school. Y'all working full time. Mo was in his first year of law school, so mm-hmm. he, you know, wanted to be uh, what. Man, I don't know. I was just doing yeah. something. <laughs> Keep the wolves off my back. <laughs> like, you leaving this good job? You know what I'm mean? saying? You leaving this good job being an air traffic controller to start a moving company? I'm like, man, I'm going to law school. <laughs> I'm you doing that man? too. Family. That was yeah. family. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So nah. we were working, man, like crazy, man. We were we were going. We were going full-time, full-time jobs, full-time moving. So, I like what you said too also as far as like creating the appearance. that You, you always have to... You can't let people know that you're not as big as you, you are because perception is extremely important. Absolutely. So it's like people will judge you how, what they think of you, yeah. right? And it's like even like it's like a lot of times like I've heard stories of like people have their, their wives or their, their partner as like answering their phone for them, yeah, yeah. like acting like they're their receptionist yeah. just to kind of create the illusion that they have a receptionist, right? And yeah. it's like little stuff like that is like it goes a long way because it's like if you go to the doctor, right? And the doctor is the one check. You're gonna be scared. Yeah. I'm, like yeah. if the dentist like, is the one that's behind the dentist. It's like table, the commercial. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing all right. No, <laughs> like yeah, if my yeah, license yeah. just got renewed, don't worry about no, it. No, I'm nervous. Like if I can just call my <laughs> dentist on the cell phone, go there, they're waiting for me. That's a red flag. Yeah. Like you got to be able to book an appointment. Yeah. Right. And I say this all the time. Even like I, I like to um, talk to barbers a lot because I feel like that's a business that is becoming more of a business. But for a long time, they missed that. And it's like, yeah. you can just walk in whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. You got to wait eight hours. Like, no, nah, you got to schedule an appointment. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. So for you to have that early on, I think that that was brilliant. Yeah. So at what point do you guys like really start to take off? Because I know at some point that the business starts to really scale, scale up. Well, I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on that point that you just made about, um, you know, appearing like you're bigger. So what we were able to do was departmentalize, you know, ourselves as, as business partners. So, you know, Mo was great in operations. So he was chief operations. EJ was chief of finance. He was good with numbers. He was a financial analyst at his old job. I was marketing. And so we would, you know, we became, you know, COO, CFO, and, and CMO. And so instead of us all, you know, going out on the jobs and, hey, yeah, this is just my business partner or whatever, like, no, like we all have three lanes that we're working on at the same time. So, you know, if you call the business, you know, and you ask for the CFO, you know, I'm going to forward you to EJ. You know, so, so we appeared bigger, but there was always a bigger vision there because we started off that way. You know, versus trying to work towards it. So, so yeah. So the the scaling. Uh, uh, when do you take off? When you get your first truck, is that like what really starts taking this to the next level? At, no? the, at the time, we were pretty steady. At that time, okay. Right? And we, you know, man, it's it's crazy. Like our man, we were like guerrilla marketing. Like we would. It's a so I'm not sure we would be comparable, but imagine like Linux, like the Linux Mall area okay. in Nashville is an area called Green Hills. So we're literally like have our truck parked behind us with some signs. Our slogan at the time was "Why not move green?" So you know you see this the shock value mm-hmm. of three young black dudes with a moving truck behind them with these signs like "Why not move green?" So we were just like guerrilla marketing, like really out there making calls. You know, utilizing technology. The Groupon helped a lot. So shout out I, to your CMO. Yeah, word, <laughs> word, 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 yeah. So so probably around the time we got our first truck. So after being in business. A year, we were really like pretty consistent. We were pretty yeah. consistent with business. Okay, and we bootstrapped for what about three years? Yeah. 
So we didn't we didn't spend a dollar personally for almost you know thirty six months. All the money just went back into the business. Yeah, money. Back into marketing. We found and researched you know areas where we could you know foster our business. Uh, the Natural Business Incubation Center. We moved into there. Had like a five hundred square foot office space. Uh, you know for for very cheap you know rent. And then we moved from there to a thousand foot square foot. Then from there to an eighteen hundred square foot. And eventually they were like, hey, y'all got to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm how, how many trucks do you have at that point when you get to the 18,000 square feet? Uh, I think we would ride like eight trucks. We filled up the whole parking lot. And then you, you, you're talking about that. It was an A8 program? A8 program? Oh, so, yeah, SBA 8A program, uh, which is basically a federal contracting program. In 2014, so kind of rewind back a little bit, we made a decision to say, man, this isn't moving company. It's, it's cool, but we have to figure something out because it's a rough industry you know what i mean uh, just the dealing with employees dealing with customers it's not an easy industry to operate in so mm-hmm. mo did a lot of research and it was like man it's this program called 8a like let's you know submit the paperwork to get in and that'll kind of put us in a different bracket of customer right mm-hmm. so in 2014 we were fortunate enough to get 8a certified it's about a took it took us about a year uh, you go through a ton of paperwork, a ton of like background checks, credit checks, all kind of stuff to be able to do uh, be in this federal contracting program. And so from there, you know, we we were awarded our first. So we were in the program for about 30 days and were awarded a half million dollar contract to do some moving in Fort Campbell. Oh, so wow. we were doing a lot of Department of Defense moving. Um, you know, we just kind of found our sweet spot with the moving company. And then we said, OK. Moving is cool, but that's like a one-time type of thing. Like once we move somebody, it's over. Right. Um, so we started kind of branching out a little bit. So we got into some uh, trucking, some some over-the-road trucking, some hotshot deliveries. Got into some staffing on a federal co- federal contract level, and um, and just really from there, just kind of took off with the eight A program. So it's it's eight eight or a a eight. So the number eight and then the letter a. So oh, it's be a eight a program, and it's a it's a government programs for contract so no so it's a it's a federal contract well federal government program for minority businesses yes. minority owned businesses okay but they call but they have to be what they quote unquote disadvantaged okay so whether that be disadvantaged by race disadvantaged by gender disadvantaged by the resources so you know banks not really messing with you you know what i mean so yeah. so but it's a long lengthy process but but it's basically a set aside so the federal government has these set asides they got eight eight set asides they got woman on set asides they got um a veteran on uh set asides disabled vet set set asides right so so with the eight eight program you get four million dollars and under you can get a four million dollars in an under contract uh without having to bid so to speak. So basically the federal government, if you meet the criteria, uh, you did your research and you have the the resources to complete a job, they'll essentially kind of give you sole sources, what mm-hmm. they call the contract. Now, if it's under $4 million, if it's over $4 million, you got to be. So, so you're obviously your background working for the government, doing your research, that helped you, right? No. No, it did not. <laughs> I'm thinking like, yo, that, those are two pieces. So it didn't help you. No. I know it's a long list, but what are some of the criteria that y'all had to meet uh for to get in the program shoot be broke for real. <laughs> that's easy <laughs> you know what i mean and then um you had to be in business for two years uh so you had to show a track record at the very least that you know how to run a business successfully running a business 
Um, you can't have at the at that time you couldn't have your network couldn't be more than like what two fifty two hundred fifty thousand combined or individually individually okay um, to get into the program. An underrated thing that you need is patience because it just takes, man, so long. Like, you, you'll you have someone assigned to your case if yeah. you would, and, you know, they may or may not look at your paperwork fully. And it's, and it's literally like we're submitting, like, 150 to 200 pages worth of documents. You know yeah. what I mean? Applications, uh, credit checks. I mean, all, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Background checks. Background yeah. checks. So, it was just it's – a, it's a very lengthy process. So, if you have patience, like, a lot of times in business, they can, they can get you places. Mm. So we just had patience. Just man. like just online, you just go online and just do it. At the time, it was it wasn't really was it online. Not so remember. you, some was online, and a lot of it was just like yo, you got to pack it, you got you got to bind it, and we <laughs> yeah. sent it in, and then oh, wow. wait and wait, and then we'll get a little uh, email saying that okay, your packet was reviewed, and then they will send back a letter saying you get. This, 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 you got to change this. So, <laughs> so we did this for a year. Wow. You know what I mean? Before we got the certification. But, I mean, it's an awesome program, man. It's just I don't think enough of us know about it. Yeah, no. no I didn't know about it. That's why I wanted to ask you about it because I didn't know about it yeah. until – I mean, I know there's, uh, there's a lot of different types of programs like that, but that specific program I, didn't, I haven't heard yeah. about. And um, I think a lot of people aren't aware of that there are resources mm-hmm. are available um, that should be utilized if you mm-hmm. can. And, but knowledge is power. It's yeah, like if you, if you don't know about it, then you can't take advantage of it. And this is one of those things, like if you think about it, federal government buys everything. Everything, everything from construction to pharmaceuticals to yeah. moving services to food, everything, uniform. So if you have a, a, a viable business, a product to sell, you have patience, you have you meet those criteria, it's, it's something worth looking into. Definitely. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So, all right. So you, but you, you sell a business, right? So... You build the business, it's doing it's going well, and you sell it for how much did you sell it for? A little over a million dollars. So how did that process work as far as like how did they come to you? Why did you decide to sell? Like what was the what's what's the inner workings of that? Well, we um, you know, honestly, we were working super hard to build this business. And like EJ said, you know, the return business just wasn't as great because once you move, that's yeah, that's it. And so we felt like we were just so knowledgeable from all these lessons we had learned from this the first business and something like moving that was so tough that we were just ready to move into something different that people loved. You know, we were we were tired of, you know, trying to work out kinks every day and keep our customers, you know, happy if, you know, we might have chipped something or, you know, any type of customer service issues because moving was ranked like number three most stressful industries, you know. And so we were ready to, you know, really test our talents in something uh, other than that and, Nashville was becoming this huge hospitality hub at the same time. So we were seeing a lot of our peers opening up restaurants, uh, bars, uh, and it, it was just a good time to get in something else where we're from. And so we were, at the time, traveling around America, and there were places we would go like Harlem where we would see, um, you know, blacks just opening dope businesses with crazy concepts and crab cocktail bars. And, um, you know, it just seemed like something that, we could do in our own neighborhood because in the South, you know, it was, it was it's a little different, you know, uh, Atlanta may be an exception because this is like a mini Wakanda, you know what I mean? But yeah. not even many, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be Wakanda, but, but, you know, Nashville, we're from where blacks are a huge minority. Um, you just don't see, you know, a lot of great ideas, you know, flourish in our neighborhoods. And so we were like, man, let's, let's find something that everybody loves and let's drop it in the hood. So like, when they, when you when 
how was that? Because I'm interested, like, when you sell a company, do you negotiate that or do they just come and, like, all right, look, we want to buy it. All right, this is a good idea. Yeah. Was that a hard, yeah. like, I'm, not, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. Like, are you creating the valuation for the company, or, and, so and we, what's that we, process? We made a real intentional decision to sell the business, right? So, okay. You so, were they, 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 they were you pushed it. Yeah, like, we pushed it. it. So Mo, it was Mo was like, man, look, it's time. Get out. <laughs> he said, I'm tired of carrying these couches on my yeah, back. Like, man. Let's, let's so he was he pushed us getting in, pushed us getting out. All right. right. So get in, get out. Yeah, yeah. So um, OG classic, right? <laughs> <laughs> 2016, and we just made a, so it was 2015, 2016, we just yeah. made a conscious choice to like, man, look, let's figure out how to sell a business. Like, we, you know, didn't know what, what to do. So we, we found a company that kind of helped us, you know, put together our valuation, uh, put together like a presentation of uh, who we were, the type of business we, type of business we were doing, um, our customer base. Um, so, so we had a little bit of help and I, you know, it was not that everything went perfectly, but it would have been hard to do it had we not done that. You know what I mean? Because we just didn't have the resources, the network mm -hmm. of qualified buyers. Um, so it was about an eight or nine month process. Um, we had a, a lot of different meetings. We had our number. And of course, you know, it's all negotiation. Yeah. So that's interesting, though, because we haven't even spoke about that on the podcast before. How does that work? Like you, what company do you like the company find goes out and finds buyers for you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a like a, like like a broker. broker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like a broker. broker. And they um, they went out and. After you know we got the whole packet done and valuation and everything like that, like they have the database to have these you know these, they, these people that whether it be high net worth you know what I mean or whatever the case. All the corporation yeah, it could be like a competitor. You was like oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they have they have this database to where they find you know interested. And then parties. they they take a percentage off of the sale. Yeah, right. yeah, they take a percentage off. What, what was what was that day like, man? Y'all y'all started with eight hundred to a thousand dollars and now. Seven figure contract being signed. What was, what was that day like for you? Relief, relief. Yeah. You know what I mean, but, but only for a short moment because we was already on the move to the next thing. Yeah. Like we had already started. We sold the business twenty seventeen. We'd already start working on the piece of the piece of business twenty fifteen. So in perspective, you know we we sold it in January twenty seventeen. Opened the restaurant with March. So you already you already had the next play already in, oh, yeah, in mind. Yeah, already already so when you sell like when you all right, so you go to these these companies and you say I want to sell my business. Is it like a certain criteria that you got to meet? Like all right, you got to be hitting at least two fifty a year for them to even look at you. No, nah, I mean it wasn't necessarily like a. I mean, I I guess I would say like if it was a criteria, so to speak, it's like you got to say what you you got you have to be what you are, what you say you are, and you have to meet have these numbers. That's attractive. You know, for people to want to buy, you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Like, I'm sure there's business out here that 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 it wasn't hitting the numbers that we had, but they still sold. It's just about the resources, you know. Mm -hmm. what I mean, it's like, man, it's maybe somebody out there that's got a business that they only making five hundred thousand dollars a year, right? But you know, they may have turned that over six, six, seven times if they know the process, they know what people want to buy, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, how to sell it. It's just, you know, it's just about resources and the know-how, honestly. I think two things on top of that is we put, we spent a lot of time, like, putting together processes and procedures. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we went in and said, yeah. man, we're going to show our guys. We want this to be easy, mm -hmm. right? So our guys knew how to, you know, everything from when they got there, what to do throughout the day. So that first confirmation call, they had their directions. They would get there. They would know what to say. They would know what to do, so how they would know how to put pads down on the house, how to wrap furniture. So we literally documented the procedures, right? Yep. So that's the first thing. The second thing 
was we showed profitability. So we were, you know, we were making sure that we were profitable. So for me, I, in my opinion, I think those were the two biggest things. So yeah, when true. we were presenting this business to somebody, they could basically have a manual. So it was easy. So when, that's what I was going to ask you. When you sold it, you sold it to like the, the blueprint with like you have like your Everything. instruction booklet. Everything. And yeah. it's like, all right, these are the trucks, these instruction booklet. This is now you just take it like you just pass up a time pretty yeah. much. Yeah. From operational to financial to marketing. Did they did they keep the business open or? Nah, they it's still, I, operate. it's still operating. Different name, same um, name or same name. Same name. Same oh, name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, another. But the people that purchased from us, they yeah, sold it to somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah, yeah. That's an important conversation. Like I said, I wasn't even planning on having that, but we haven't spoken about that on the podcast yet. And that's business, and um, it's all about learning. Yeah. And um, that's the whole point of the podcast is to educate people. Yeah. And it's like we don't really see that side of like, yeah, like people talk all the time. Like you start a business, you sell a business. They talk about it, but how does that work? Like, you know what I'm saying? Us, like, we're not putting an ad out for that. Yeah, we're not doing that. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's some. It's you know we've been we've been blessed to be in contact and have have mentorship with with you know a couple of guys in Nashville that's like done it over and over again. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But and, and they're black, you know what I'm saying? But we find out that, man, you know, we were a commodity being, you know, 29 years old, selling the business and in the black community, that's a commodity. But it's like, yo, it don't have to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. But it's just, again, it's about knowledge is power. Like, people do this all the time. Yeah, you know what the, I mean? the exposure is important, man. Exposure, yeah. yeah man. That's why I said that first one. Yeah. You don't want to sell. Yeah, another. you gonna want to sell yeah. another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 another, another thing too. Hint, hint. People, people like, especially like black black entrepreneurs, we don't know when to let go. Yeah. You know I mean, for us, it was like not only did we have another venture that we were had already, it's already in motion. This thing was opening in March of 2017, yeah. but it was also just time. You know what I mean? It was just time to sell it. It was time to you know move on and let our talents be better utilized in another industry. So. Yeah. It's like it's like Elon Musk. I think I drew up with Elon Musk. So Elon Musk starts PayPal yep. and sells PayPal for $200 million. Mm-hmm. And then he buys SpaceX, SpaceX and then rolls that into Tesla. Yeah. So it's like when he could have just been happy with PayPal. He would he would have been a multi millionaire. Yeah, I think most of us would have been happy. But with now, <laughs> now he's a multi billionaire, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah. like you said, a lot of times, especially in our communities, like the problem with small businesses is that it stays small. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't scale it, and the mind is is mindset is everything. Yeah. So if you it's, it's like it's nothing wrong with having just a, a small business, but like you said, I mean, the lifespan of a business has a lifespan. Yeah, man. And it's it's nothing wrong with flipping it. Into doing something else, yeah, mm-hmm. and we kept the eight eight portion of it too. So we kept the federal contracting portion of that business. Oh yeah, so we still have it. You yeah. still, oh, you still do yeah, the it's business. A nine year, nine year program. Nine year program. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So y'all can create two or three more businesses in the same program. Uh, no, they no, still no. do truck. You still do the moving. No, so well, we have some moving contracts still, but we do staffing with the federal yeah. government. Oh, oh okay, that aspect. Okay, so we we kept that portion of the business. We told the the buyers that. We're gonna keep the AA portion. Y'all just get the moving portion. See what I'm saying? You are now looking at one smart black boy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's dope, man. I'm glad we had that conversation because, like I said, that's something that I, I even learned some some things. Right. I didn't even know that there was like private companies that you can go to 
Yeah. I, th- I just thought it was like people just approaching you or you just approach an individual person. But it makes no, sense. Man. A broker, take their, take their fee, middleman, yeah. stuff like that. Little, little stuff like that can just change yeah. somebody's life. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell people all the time, there's more ways than one to make a meal out here, man. You can make some money doing selling business like you selling real estate. You know what I'm saying? The middleman strikes again. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, you're taking the scroll on Instagram, you can hop on these broker sites and just scroll it. People selling businesses. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You never know what you might come up on. Yeah. That's a fact. All right. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about the flip into what you guys are doing now, Slimmer Huskies, and um, how that came about. All right. So now we're going to go into what you guys are doing now, Slimmer Huskies. So, all right. So you got the play already in motion where you, you start the one business and you sell it. But um, right after you sell it, you already you got the plan in motion for the for the pizza. Um, but why why a pizza is it a pizzeria? Is that or a yeah, pizza yeah, experience? Yeah. I don't want yeah, I don't want yeah, pizza experience. Might pizza be better, experience. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pizza art gallery. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> why? All right. So three African American young young men. Uh, everybody like pizzas. It's universal, but traditionally. You know, yeah. nah, I'm just, just saying. Nah, saying. More rest, soul food, things exactly. of that nature, yeah. fish, things we, of that we nature. Looking for yeah, yeah. Chicken, yeah. Wings, so, chicken wings, yeah. chicken wings, <laughs> chicken wings. <laughs> chicken wings. I said artisan so, pizza. So, <laughs> uh, it's a good thing you're black when you said that. <laughs> um, so, how? What made you want to do a, a, a pizza shop? Like, how does that come about? Well, I would say. Um, we all like to we like to build our businesses with systems and we felt like you know well, let me say this when we were operating a moving company we were riding around the country all the time and pizza was like that common thing we would eat you know every time we were on the road and so when it, we start thinking about you know what type of restaurant we want to open up we were like let's build something where we can make sure that the flavor's bomb but we can you know make it simple you know and create systems that you know, we can build off of. So we went into our first Limo Huskies, you know, with the intentions of opening up, you know, 150 more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just needed something that we could get our hands on and make simple and replicate, you know, over and over and over again. And we knew that pizza was one of those things that put smiles on people's faces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we skipped the most important part. Right. How y'all got the name, man? So, <laughs> so the name, so Slimmer Huskies is really a story. And uh, it's a story about the three of us. And, uh, you know, when we were growing up, Mo and I, we would, you know, like we are now, we were bigger kids. And so our moms used to have to shop for us in the Husky section, the Husky children's section for clothing. And for people that ain't familiar with the Husky section, you know, I just remember a bunch of silver tab jeans. And, you know, the selection was was small, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, oh, yo, pop I'm not jeans, yo, so, yo, you know, you, Yeah, we know. definitely from the same era. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, you, see other, you see the other kids getting fresh, you know, two rows over. And you're like, this is all I got to choose from. It's the Husky section. And so EJ always being a skinny dude, like, he just never understood that. So he always got a kick out of that. And so we were actually on a road trip to Atlanta trying to figure out names. And I think it was Moe's like, you know, we were just joking about, you know, the Husky section. He was like, Slimmer Huskies. So. Yeah. <laughs> to a Wendy's. <laughs> Slimmer Huskies. I like that. So, all right. So you, you guys are big on separating yourself from the pack. So even when you had the, the moving business, it was, you said you had uniforms and you had the, the plant tree, you had the whole eco play. So with Slimmer Huskies, it's, you just didn't open a regular pizzeria, right? You have a whole vibe to it. So can you talk about that as far as like 
A, like the difference that makes Slim and Huskies different? And then how did that come about? Like, was that strategically done? Like we need to have put this in place to make us different from our competitors? I'll talk about one of the differences first is the location that we selected for our, mm, first, for yeah. our first restaurant. So, man, it, it, so North Nashville is historically like a black neighborhood. You have Tennessee State, Meharry Fitz, so three HBCUs kind of all right next to each other pretty much. They share, they share the same street. Um, we're right in that area. Um, also in that area, if you can imagine, it's a food desert. So it's like no, nothing. It's, I mean, it's you have like a high end area, and then you have your fast food. So all your mm-hmm. you know, typical McDonald's, fast, McDonald's stuff like that, yeah. all, all the typical fast food restaurants. Nothing in between. Nothing that gives um, someone who lives over there like that middle experience, but quality product. You know what I mean? A, a great atmosphere. So there's something that people could enjoy and be proud of. So. We were looking around for different locations in the city. We were going to some of the popular areas, um, and it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. So we, we looked at a, a location on the street called Buchanan, which is heart of North Nashville. Um, it has a Buchanan has a, a, a rich business history for African Americans and Jewish in, in the Jewish community on this one street um, as a former business district. Um, what happened? In that area, a highway was literally built through North Nashville, kind of broke up the businesses. So that area has a has a rich history of, you know, the ups and downs, right? So we decided, we, we made a very conscious decision to say, man, let's put our restaurant in North Nashville in the hood. Mm. Man, people thought we were crazy, you know, smart people, you know, like, man, y'all tripping. <laughs> y'all tripping, like, man, y'all should go to uh, West Gold, End, West End Green, like downtown yeah. Green Hills, like, man. I'm gonna put it right there. Who's who's gonna be the customers? Who's gonna afford this? What's the price point? Blah blah blah. So I mean, it was just the the, the visionary minds of the three of us to say like, man, this is gonna work, and it's and it's a purpose. You know what I mean? And it's and it's the community that's right there is going to love this because mm-hmm. we're gonna build it in a way that they're gonna love this. Yeah. yeah. When you say build, we're talking like is the structure already there? Or are we just looking at lots? How, what are we talking about? So no, yeah, the structure was there already. Um, but it needed some major, major renovation. I mean, some structural renovation. So we had beams that went up to hold the building up and uh, just interior, ex- exterior, like, I mean, it's a new building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the same four walls, but but it was it was in, it was in bad shape. You know what I mean? Like, it used to be a garage that my granddad found out was like, they used to be his spot. He used to go up there and kick it in drink with the home, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's in the hood, man, but um, but yeah, to, to your point, like what's different, and to piggyback on EJ's, like I think the biggest thing for us is, for me anyways, is the community piece. It's like, man, you know, you got all these restaurants, they pop up, they don't include the community, they don't uh, embrace the community, you know what I mean? Especially these gentrified neighborhoods. It's like, oh, they just popping up. They just come in and they just making all the money. And and there's people that, you know, look like them that's only in the restaurant. You know, yeah. It ain't for nobody in the community. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, so for us, it was like, man, we going to make this about the community 100%. And it's going to look like us. It's going to be us. It's gonna We're going to be unapologetically us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We 90s kids. I mean, eight, grew up, you know, born in the 80s, but... 90s raised us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, man, it's going to look like that. It's going to be that, you know what I mean? And uh, it's going to be a, a reflection of the community. 
but at the same time embracing the changes that's happening in the community. So yeah. we get, you know, you know, these these white millennials in, you know what I mean? Asians and everybody, everybody coming in. in the black, you know what I mean? No, it's I'm, like you holding all that together. Yeah, like, that's the difference for us that we think I mean for me anyways. Yeah, we we've we've highlighted our culture to a different degree than a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you said, we're used to, you know, you know, soul food and, and wings and, and you know, on a consistent level in our in our communities and there's nothing wrong with that because we, we love that. But we just wanted to, you know, create a concept that, you know, showed black excellence at the highest level, which is why we rolled in art. Because art, you know, could express that for us yeah. to people that don't look like us and help them understand how we feel. We've got a quote on our original um, uh, location on the ceiling from Arrested Development, um, just talking about, you Tennessee. know, yeah, Tennessee, yeah, yeah, Tennessee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know the importance of history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, we feel as though, you know, we've got to do a better job as a culture displaying who we are because we know that the media is not going to give us any favors or help on that. So. That's what we, you know, attempting to do with with the restaurant. Yeah, man. Yeah, very intentionally, like you said, you put it in these these neighborhoods. Um, one of the things I loved about it was like you looked at the unemployment rate in the neighborhood, right? I think you said in, in not I think in another interview you said forty percent of the uh, the people who lived there were unemployed. Yeah, that was on well, CBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they uh, did their research, bro, and it was like astounding. Like number one, three seven two zero eight in Nashville has the highest incarceration rate for black men in the country. Wow. Like the ages, it was like, it was like ages 35, like 17 to 35 or something like that. The highest in the country, bro. Wow. And that's where we are. Like that's where the, that's where the restaurant is. And yeah. Zip code 372. Well, it's, it's important to open up businesses. Cause like I always say, it's like, you can't solve crime rate. You can't solve, you know, all of these problems that's in a lot of communities without business. Yeah. Business is the is the is the incubator. Economics, bro. It's yeah. not yeah, it's not anything yeah. even even yeah. politics, like politics moves around money. Yeah. So it's like business is like the only way you're gonna stop these problems is people yeah. have money. If not, if you have time on free time on your hands, you don't have any money in your pocket, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So it's like the the number one way to solve that is to give people opportunities. Yeah, man. Business, employment, things of that nature, it, and man. I like what you said also because, like, so your, your your spot has artwork in it and it's mm-hmm. music playing, it's all vibe, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we had another um, guest on, shout out to Sean Bullard, and he's a real estate developer in Philly. He has a coffee shop, and he was saying in his coffee shop, it's like spray painted. It looks like a t- tattoo parlor, mm-hmm. um, but it's a coffee shop. Yeah. And the reason why he did it is because he wanted he's like Starbucks is boring, yeah. and people want it. And it's like yeah. a lot of times people you have to use who you are to your advantage. Exactly. A lot of times, especially us, like we try to like shy away from who we are, but that's yeah. really our advantage. Like even yeah. with the podcast, it's like, I think that's one of the business successes. Like we, the same era. So yeah. it's like, we use hip hop. We don't shy away from that. Right. But we're talking about high finance. Like, yeah. you know I mean? We're not trying to like button it up and be super proper yeah. about it's, it's it. The point. They're like, yo, um, what should we wear to your events? I'm like, yo, we, we got hoodies on, man. Like, yeah. However y'all want to come, y'all Nah, come. but that's important. It's like, it's the new neo-entrepreneurs where it's like, um, you know, like Derek Falcon said, you know, born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, and we might wear our hatchbacks or vapor max, and, but this is what it is. But yeah. we're employing the guy with the suit and tie. Exactly. Like, you know what exactly. I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's, it's important for people to understand that yeah. and to, to know that, like, that's your actual strength. It's not a weakness. It's yeah. a strength. And it's like more people can relate to that 
thinking about just going in Domino's and just buying a pizza. It's exactly. like, it's, that's it's great. Boy, that, that was part of our first phone call. Like when I, I was like, yo, man, I saw you had a house party on the wall. I'm like, that's my favorite movie. We connected right away. Like, yeah. yo, that's my favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're from the same era, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, another piece that I love is that a lot of times um, when people are getting jobs, transportation limits them. But you make it very intentional out your locations. You Absolutely. put it in walking distance so that the yeah. people in the neighborhood don't have to worry about taking a bus or getting a car. Yeah. You can come and work by your feet. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful thing. We driving down the street and we seeing, you know, these Slim Husky shirts. Some going, some going, you know, when the shift change. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's a beautiful thing to see employment in our communities, man. And it looks like us, it's by us. And not necessarily just for us, you know what I'm saying? Because we we employ everybody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But it's like, it's just good to see that, man. Like, involving the community to the point of not just taking a dollar, but also putting a dollar back in it. No, it's empowering. And then also, so high-end fast food is something that I've noticed is taking over. Because it's like Chipotle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even like Blaze Pizza. Shake Shack, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, five guys. Yeah. So it's like, when I say high end fast food, like fast food, when I'm saying fast food, it's just like the food is getting cooked fast. Yeah. Um, and when you talking about fast food before, it's like McDonald's, Burger King. Yeah. But now it's like the high end fast food, the price points are a little bit more, mm-hmm. but it's like actually being made in front of you. Right. It tastes better, it's better for you. Fair. And that's like the, the wave. So that's kind of like you guys kind of fall in that. In that wave, right? Yeah, we uh, like people. People hear our story, or you know, or come check us out, and they're like, you know, they they're like, man, these three black guys got these pizza shops. It's kind of it's kind of fly on the inside, but what really we feel like rips people in is the taste of the food. You know, the the work we put into it behind the scenes. You know, all of these sauces sitting on the table right now, we make those from scratch, handmade. You know, in our operation in, in Nashville, and same thing with our dough. We make our dough from scratch. You know, pizza sauce from scratch. We use, instead of using just mozzarella and provolone, which is like their basic pizza cheese blend, you know, we've got a, a multi-house cheese blend, you know, that nobody has ever used before that we took, you know, we probably tried over 100 cheeses in our test lab, you know, to get to this point. And, you know, we had a science, we called it the, the Mad Pizza Science Lab, was the garage we purchased in the neighborhood before the restaurant opened up. And, man, we just spent hours and hours, you know, all day long, right? Even at the point where we were selling, you know, green truck, we were just in there just testing product because we wanted to give the people, give the neighborhood something that was, you know, good for them. Yeah, y'all did something genius, man, and from that test lab. And I want maybe it was you, the CMO. You started giving out the pizzas for free. Yeah, yeah. We, um, you know, we would invite people into the garage, and uh, and we would just you know have the surveys for them before we open and we'd say hey um, you know one out of ten what do you like about the crust one out of ten what do you like about the sauce same thing with the cheese this type of sauce this type of pepperoni and then we would compile that data you know and, and talk over the three of us and we also brought in a, um, a, a guy chef Jason Williams to just kind of speed that process up for us and, and help us create what we wanted to to mold and um, and once we felt like we had a a good product to give to the public. You know, we were at that point where the restaurant was about to open, and instead of having a grand opening, we just opened up our shop between five and eight for the first two weeks, and we announced to the neighborhood that you come get a free pizza, just help us train. You know, just keep in mind that we're trying to, you know, get our, you know, this is our first restaurant. We just want to be able to give our people real-time, you know, training. 
And so we were giving those pizzas out from five to eight. Of course, you yeah, know, that was that. I'm thinking in my mind, yo, we having pizza every yeah. night. <laughs> we lining yeah. up. Lining down the street, you know, they're like, a drink's free? Like, no, nah, drinks ain't free. <laughs> you know, that's the next question. But the line, you know, started to go down the street, and then we were like, all right, I think we're ready. And then we opened up on Monday, uh, March 14th, 2017. I'll never forget, like, that line just never stopped. The day we announced it was a grand opening, you had to pay now. You know, people were still outside ready to support. No, that's really a, a brilliant idea. Um, it's like when you, especially like any new worker, it's going to be kinks. And it's like, that's the biggest thing. That's actually a really good idea because people will kill your business. The first thing that goes wrong is like, oh, the customer service is bad. They yeah. missed it up. Da, 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 da. So you got in front of that, expecting that there's going to be problems. Like, look. Y'all getting free pizza, so you can't complain. Right. <laughs> free. But in the meantime, the workers are learning, and you're getting all the kinks out early. So now you're killing two birds with one stone because you're giving them free samples, which is going to hook them, it's, you know, assuming the product is good. And then you're also giving yourself leeway to make mistakes without getting criticized, right. and you're actually training your workers while there's no real pressure on them because – Nobody's paying. Like when you're when you're getting something for free, you, you can't complain. Yeah, about it can't it. be. I want my money back. Even if you pay a dollar, one, <laughs> yeah. even if you pay one dollar, people. Oh my god! It's like the whole sky fell apart. Yeah. Right. So that was dope. That's that's really um a, a genius idea. Man. Whose idea was that? Man, I think it was a collective. Yeah. yeah. That was okay. And part of that is too, not to cut you off, but part of that too was like coming from the moving company experience, right? We said, man, customer service. We understood how important customer service was. We understood how important like training. Is because you can't you like if you think about moving you you know we had nine trucks so we might have nine different businesses going on at one time mm -hmm. nine different customers nine different groups of employees happening at one time so you th those people can't go in someone's home and not know how to talk to a customer mm -hmm. they can't go in someone's home and not know how to wrap up a couch right so we understood like those two important factors like customer service and training how can we get these people trained in a way that's a controlled environment. And we're like you said, not just throwing a product out there and risk criticism. So, so that's what that's what we did. Because and, and, the thing about it, not okay. because you, but the thing about it is that and this is important for any business owner that employs people to understand is that they're not going to look at the employee when something goes wrong. They look at you, like Starbucks. Like a couple years ago, something happened in Philly. I think it was like a racist incident. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now Starbucks has probably thousands of employees, right? One employee, they're not really looking at that. They're looking at Starbucks. Let's boycott Starbucks. Company. Mm -hmm. So it's like you you might be in California, have no idea, and you have one worker that's just have a bad day, says something crazy to a customer. They're going to have a problem with that, but more, they're going to always look at your business. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to blame you. Yeah. So it's like that's, 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 that's really it's crazy when you think about it, but it's a lot of pressure, and that's why it's extremely important to train to stress yep. customer service yep. and to, to, you know, a lot of times customer service goes a long way. And I think a lot of businesses really um, don't fully understand that. And not, and not even that we're perfect, man. We still involved evolving and, you know, working on our training program and trying to get better each and every day. So we're, I mean, it's still a ton of things. Like we literally, none of us, I, I never worked in a restaurant ever before until, you know, yeah. we started. That's, that's crazy. Y'all have no background in, in being chefs no. and no culinary experience. No. But I got a hot dog spot. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take that. Mall, <laughs> you know Moe's hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, Moe's side notes. I side jobs. I had a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. So you put together the blueprint of how to make the actual pizza. Yeah. And then this is the formula that all the workers follow. Yeah. Who, yeah. who, who put together that blueprint? 
man, we all did. We in the in the pizza lab, man. Before we saw the movie, The Founder. Have y'all seen? Yeah, that? I haven't. I haven't yeah. saw it, but yeah, I, I heard. I'm gonna watch McDonald's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McDonald's great, great so, prop. Yeah. So it's like, man, before we saw that movie, and uh, Jason came in, he saw us like putting these processes together. Like, all right, like the oven needs to be here, and the refrigerator needs to be here, and and you know we want zero turnaround for, or, or we don't want our employees to have to turn around much. We want a straight line and all the type of stuff. All these processes, like we were doing that in in the pizza lab like so so we put together how the pizza goes in how many pepperonis goes on in the layout and all that type of stuff like how many cuts to make like all the way every single detail about the restaurant we created the three of us along with jason and some feedback from the employees you know what i mean like we value our employees that much to where like they they're they're the front line so they can help us make things better but but in the beginning, it was us. Like we were just putting all these processes together. Because going back to the movie company, we understood that, man, for us to be profitable, for us to, you know, at least be able to go to sleep at night, mm-hmm. we gotta have these processes. It, it's set up in a way where, you know, we can't be in all the restaurants at the same time, and that's that's the goal is to like make sure things are running the same everywhere. So. At 7 a.m. in Nashville, our prep teams are doing the same thing as they're doing in Atlanta at 8 a.m. You know, everything is repetitive. Yeah, that's what um, Derek Falcon has said, restaurant owner from Baltimore. And he was saying, like, the difference between, you know, your uncle's burger shop and McDonald's is that, you know, McDonald's has – they don't have the best burger in the world, but they got a brand name. They got a system in place. Yep. And scalability looks like <laughs> your uncle, he might have – the best burger ever, but there's really no system in place. The brand is not really strong, mm-hmm. and it's just one-offs. Like, yeah. scalability does not look likely. Yeah. And the problem with that is consistency. It's like, man, you you go somewhere and you love that first time you go. It's like awesome. Like, man, it's the, it's the best burger. It's the best experience ever. Then you go back, and it's something totally different. The, the burger might be okay price might be different it's just all these different things because it's it's without processes and procedures and something that you're building to scale you can't have consistency that takes patience you know like you have to really be committed to the details of things like for example with us if we walk in a restaurant we've got a you know we've got a standard where our employees can only have one button undone on their collar shirts you know, a lot of people might just walk past that. You know, a lot of people might, you know, you, you can't have a, a white T-shirt underneath our, our black, you know, shirts. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might walk walk past that, you know, on our crust. You know, we want a half an inch of crust. You know, so basically your pinky finger, you know, surrounding the edge of the crust. And so, you know, we pay like small, de- you know, attention to detail about those things. But that stuff takes time because when you systemize you got to understand those little details I just got through talking about. It might be, you know, 500 more, but you got to be able to package it in a way that's simple enough for somebody to understand it on a day to day. So after, after the success of the first one, when do you decide, like, you know what, we can do this again. Let's replicate it somewhere else in the city. Uh, Six months later. Yeah. Six, that's it. <laughs> yeah, man. We, we, uh, we, we, it was basically out of need, though, because, I mean, the, the first spot is just super small. So we didn't really have like a prep kitchen. We couldn't offer the full concept with the with the with the cinnamon rolls, and you know what I mean we we couldn't cater. We couldn't do Uber Eats. We couldn't do any of the third party deliveries. Um, so 
especially out of necessity. So we was a building across the street from us that just so happened to come available. And, um, and you know, as power, power of the community, we built a relationship with the guy that was in it. He was like, hey, I'm about to leave. I'm like, dang, okay. Like, yo, we got to jump on this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, we built that out uh, and opened the rollout by Cinema Huskies, which is our, like, Express location, okay, and uh, and the, handles the catering and third party and walk ups and stuff like that. App orders, um, open that in what October, no, November, November 2017. 2017. So, first year, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want to I wanted to talk about that the real estate play, but before I, I, I don't want that to go people says what you just said, extremely important. Big things are never big things are rarely the problem in life, they're like it. Sometimes you have like big issues, small issues add up over time. Small, the little, the little things are the real problems. It's like little stuff that you you look past every day. It adds up, and you start letting little things slide here, little things like a relationship, right? Like it's not like you you. Sometimes it's like a major incident, but most of the times it's like ah. Uh, Come in late, you know what I'm saying? You leave your clothes on the floor. It's just little things like this, and then before you know it, it's like what happened because it was never addressed. And as a business owner, that's extremely important. It's like you, you, you. A lot of times, it's like uh, I'll just let this slide. It was just bad. He's having a bad. No, you gotta address this because you gotta get out in front of it. If not, now you just opened up the floodgates, and it's so many little things that you can't, you can't stop it now. So, but the real estate, you so you guys said that you actually own like sixty percent of. The, yeah. the real estate. So that's important because like restaurants is hard, a hard business. And one of the main reasons how I see it is that it's overhead. Yeah. Rent, you, you got a location, you got to rent it. And um, that's why another episode, uh, like I said, I keep referring to this episode. It's a really good episode about the restaurant, episode 11, where he, he's used mixed use properties because he gets the uh, cash flow from upstairs. Well, mixed, I don't know how it is in Tennessee, but like in up where we live, it's like, some properties, like, you have, like, a restaurant on the bottom, and then people live up top. Yeah, same thing. Okay, yeah, So, the mixed-use properties is, like, the way he explained it was brilliant because he's like, no, I don't have the same pressure as, like, just renting a storefront because now I'm getting 50% of my rent of my, my mortgage actually is coming from the rent from the tenants upstairs. So, now right. it takes less pressure off me. And we see restaurants close all the time because it's, like, the rent that you have to pay is so much, and then it's kind of sporadic if people come in and out, but you still got to pay it. So... Was that the play as far as the real estate, or like what was that that mindset that started just renting, like actually owning some of the the spots? I think the 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 play initially for us was just to own in our neighborhoods. You know what I mean? I think it was just pretty much that simple for us. Like we want to own, you know, we want to buy the block, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. we want to be owners of the property that we were going into, and, and you know, we kind of took the McDonald's approach to it. Um, and I mean, yeah, but, but again, you know, we talked earlier, it's like, it's a lot of capital that's involved in, yeah. in that they yeah. can take away from the actual operation. So now we had to go back and, and kind of fine tune, like, what's the focus here? You know what I mean? Like, you know, what are we doing? Are we going to be a real estate company? Or are we going to be a, a, a restaurant? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and can we find a fine line with that? And I think we have, but. But ownership for us was part of it controlling the if we're gonna be paying somebody, you know, fourteen thousand dollars in, in for rent, like we need to be paying ourselves. So how, how do you find <clears throat> excuse me, how do you finance it? 
are you doing that from the profits made from the trucking company deal or are we going through banks or we getting business loans how are we doing it so some through banks some through you know um you know profits or, or partners you know what i mean like we got a our mentor is one of our real estate partners and he's done an awesome job of man sh- really showing us the benefits of owning real estate mm-hmm. and and the profitability in owning real estate like so he you know Daryl Freeman man is an awesome dude y'all might want to have him on the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, he dope for real yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah look him up man but uh but uh man he's shown us the real estate route and the benefits of it there's always more like that's why like uh, it's like in in everything in life it's like there's always more right. to, to everything and it's like Apple if everything failed for Apple today they have billions of dollars worth of real estate Yep. McDonald's, yep. like in that founding, it was like you're not you're not in the restaurant business no more. You're in the real estate business now, yep. right? And even like when Derek, <laughs> when he was explaining that like, the mixed use property, he was telling us he was like, now it's not a restaurant place, a real estate place. Yeah. So it's like if all else fails, you still own the property. Absolutely. Yeah. Make money off of that. Now, like I said, worst case scenario, you go out of business, everything fails, you still own the property. You can rent it to somebody else. Yeah. And, and you kind of have a short term play and a long term play, right? Yeah. Like the restaurant is now, and hopefully it stays long term, but. That real estate is always going to be. But I don't there. think I, I, I don't even want that to because like people don't understand how much land Apple's buying. Apple is buying so much land from their headquarters, but even like just they have a bunch of land from different office spaces and stuff like that. And it's like yeah. they're not doing that. They could they could lease, they could rent. Yeah. But it's like they're strategically they understand that the prop, property goes up over the course of time. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and another thing too, since we came into gentrifying neighborhoods, so we're coming in early. And as we know, that property is appreciating. Yeah. So after those, that lease might come up and they might say, well, look, I need to double your rent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, because exactly. this is a new market for that area. And yeah. so we have more control. Yeah. For, for some of our core locations, we have more control. So, you know, as, as Mo said, Daryl Freeman helped us understand, really truly understand that. No, did, did y'all ever think about, uh, or are y'all franchising? Yeah, so that's in play. Um, man, I mean, Multiple streams of revenue, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. That's in play for us. Um, it, it's a process, though. Like we, you know, we don't. Like Clint, all of us always say, like we're not just going to jump in and do something without doing the research and having the proper, you know, knowledge to to take to take a task on because we don't want to put out a mediocre product. product you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, but yeah, franchising is in play for us. Yeah, that's, that's a plan. We want to make sure it's done right. You know, what I mean, the legal is. On point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the processes that we have in house are on point before we jump out there, offer their product for for somebody to have to run. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in the last segment, we're gonna talk about where you go from here, scaling, and um, what's next for you guys. All right. So as far as I want to talk about scaling and branding, things of that nature. So I see you have the sources. So that's another thing I like about you guys is that you're not limiting yourself to just being a pizza business. It's like you have merch. You got the merch on. Uh, yeah. Slim and Husk. You got the merch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Pizza rules everything around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. We didn't, we didn't get there, but yeah. Shout yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> told we're from the same era, so yeah, like green. people who've been with us for a while, you know, we we had the the cream, you know, credit rules everything yeah. around us. So when we sold the cream, I'm like, I like these guys. Yeah. Man. The pizza rules everything around. Yeah. Me. So what's the what's the scaling model for you guys as far as um, going forward in in the future? So coming into 2020, we've started our planning, right? So we had our, our, we did a retreat, like the three of us, and just kind of sat down 
And basically, we outlined our business model. So we had outlined all of our business units, corporate stores, franchising, the sauce company, uh, with media, trying to trying to keep them all together, and, and a couple more, right? Um, and we basically said, okay, we're this is this is our focus, right? This is our focus on the corporate stores. We know what we need to do for franchising to get to franchising. We know what we need to do. These are the steps. These this is the process to get us to be able to franchise. So for us, it's you know building an international brand, right? You know, one thing we did was you know as part of our research, we couldn't find any like black owned like national chains like restaurant chains. Mm-hmm. It was like we literally couldn't find it. It was crazy because it's like it has to be. One, significant, like yeah. somebody like doing this thing significantly, we just couldn't find any. So that was part of our motivation as well to like build something that's you know that great to that scale that's internationally recognized. So so that's 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 part of our goal. So kind of touch on it from yeah. that perspective. No, you got it. So so branding. How important is branding um, for you guys? Like, what's your what's your thoughts on like, even your social media stuff and? The merch and all of that, like that's a, a, a intentional, obviously. Yeah. Um, how how big is that for you guys? I think that um, branding for us is about you know connecting with people outside of just our pizza. We want people to understand that uh, Slimmer Hussies is a story. Three, you know, young black dudes that have ambition, and um, you know, a good just a good taste for food. And also, you know, a good heart for, you know, rebuilding our communities and changing the narrative. So we want to take people along for the ride. And so it's a little bit different from the trucking company where, you know, we were very busy trying to get people to see us as everything but, you know, uh, a black business. You know, we, we wanted to because, you know, in Nashville, you know, I think a couple people might have not let us in their homes a few times to do estimates because, you know, they just didn't trust the face. Right? Hey, literally, yeah. did, like, you it's can't not, come in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I called the wrong number. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, when we got started with this, we almost had the same mentality until we started to, you know, get the reaction from the community that really showed us, like, man, we're, we're proud of you guys. Keep on going. You know, we needed this, right? So now we're at a point where this is who we are. We just recently changed all of our branding from – uh, you know, we had a tractor and we, you know, because the story is basically, you know, we're from Tennessee, uh, you know, a lot of local farm goods and, uh, you know, people know, you know, Tennessee for that. However, uh, we grew up, you know, in the city and listened to hip hop, you know, Master P, UGK, you know what I mean? T.I., like we, we listen to these these artists, so we're a lot different. So, you know, when you see this logo, then you, you, you think rural, but when you walk in, it's like a juxtaposition where it's like, man, what just hit me? You know what I'm saying? So now we want to we change the branding to where it's the three characters of us, and we're just carrying you along on the story to, you know, you know, walking in purpose to sell pizza, to sell hope and vision, um, and, and show people that, you know, if you've got a product, you know, we've got pizza, but, you know, you can break things out of the product that you're selling to create other streams of revenue, like sauce and like real estate, you know, and, and like merchandise. And we just want people to go along for the ride from a lifestyle standpoint. Yeah, I mean, and you, your community give back is important. Like, that's something that we love because it's something we do in our community, too. Can y'all talk about the movie theater experience? Because when I, I spoke to Mo, I was like, yo, bro, how y'all doing that? Like, y'all, got, y'all rent a movie theater out and bring the community? Well, how's that yeah, work? that's clean. That's, that's, that's our clean right there. Yeah, we, we, um, we established a partnership with 
Because in our locations, we've got, you know, images of, you know, things we all grew up loving, like um, uh, just music videos and uh, different, um, you know, movies and sitcoms from the night. Like, we've got Dwayne Wade and and Whitley painted on our our bathroom doors as silhouettes, you know. And so... You know, the culture was loving it, so we were like, you know what, like let's let's cre- extend the experience outside of the doors of our restaurant. So we partnered with a local uh, independent theater, and we just showed, you know, movies from our past that people, you know, you would think everybody's seen these movies, but you'll be surprised. The first one we did was Juice, and uh, you'd be surprised how many people had never seen Juice, <laughs> and, and and not just not not just black people, but you know what I'm saying, but like. Other cultures that are embracing it and coming in our restaurants, like you know what I've heard about that, but I never really dived in. So if these guys are you know hosting a movie, let me go check it out, and we we get free pizza, partner with local alcohol companies, they pour free alcohol, and then Mo, you know, he was like, man, we can't just show them the movie, we got to have call to actions, yeah. you know, when, when somebody you know a certain uh, part of the movie, like everybody got to stand up and, and say this, you know. So we just try to <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> we just try to give people something new and different and that's the great part about being an entrepreneur and a young business owner is like man we got confidence in what you do like you can do whatever comes to your mind you know incredible yeah and on the house party when we did a 90s uh uh like dress like you know what i mean who who can't so it was good a, con- a contest like coming in 90s who, here who had the hot top no, it's important because it's like you don't want to just limit yourself. And that's something that um, shout out to our brother Chad, 85 South show. He's one of the business partners of 85 South. And he told us, he was like, stop calling it Earn Your Leisure Podcast. This was months ago. He's like, stop calling it Earn Your Leisure Podcast. He's like, we stopped calling Earn um, 85 South Podcast a long time ago because we realized we're bigger than just a podcast. Yeah. He was like, yeah. you're bigger yeah. than just a podcast. And yeah. he's true in his right because it's like now we got merch. We got an online school platform. We do, we do live events. We do workshops. And it's like, that's why I like, like, it's Slim and Huskies. You have pizzeria, but it's smaller. It's not like pizza, Slim yeah. and Huskies pizza. Like, because yeah. then it's like, you're just going to be known for pizza. Yeah. But yeah. Slim and Huskies, and it's like, you can do a variety of different things, right? Yeah. And I think that's important for people to understand, too. Like, don't don't just limit yourself in a corner, because yeah. now you, it's kind of hard to break out of that. Yeah. And y'all always think in business, man. When, when I walked in, I saw the box. I said, yeah, they brought pizza. <sighs> and and uh, you said, yo, we're working on the frozen one. And I'm like... I see the bigger play. Yeah, yeah. Man. I see where y'all going. Supermarkets yeah. next? Yeah, we got we got we're working with a food scientist right now to, you know, formulate the product, you know, and get it perfect. The same way with when we were building this pizza, it was like we can't just freeze these things and ship them out. You know, we got to do it the right way. Got to do it how uh, how the Jornos does it, you know, better. <laughs> so the pizza lab yeah. is still open? No, it's not still open. Oh. Well, fortunately, now we've got you know multiple kitchens we can just get in and you know and work in. So, so what's what's the deal with the sauces? Oh man, so sauce. <laughs> so, man, we we um we you know we grew up you know dipping pizza and ranch at school, and, you <laughs> right. know what I'm saying, and your burgers and is that a southern whatever. thing, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, I don't know if it's southern, you know what I mean? but you know what I'm saying, like, man, we just grew up with I mean sauces, you know what I mean? Like this is what brings the flavor to. Just our food anyway. Mm-hmm. Like black folks, I mean, it's about the sauce. You ain't got to know about the sauce. <laughs> all the, you know, and more and, and, and life in general. They can get so, the ingredients, but they ain't yeah, got the sauce. Man. So we call these drizzles. We call them drizzles. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's about you know drizzling, you know the the sauces on the pizza. You know what I mean? So, um, but no, we got these on, on the website. Um, people order. 
we ship it out um a few of them in stores but this is the next play it's like again we always we're always thinking about how to pull pull some of the the, the things that we have in our business pull them out and and separate them and and create build value. Out, create creative yeah. value so the sauce is an independent entity yeah and and they're not just for pizza either so yeah. you know you can put the balsamic in your steak recipe the ranch you know, in your mashed potatoes, the garden butter on your veggies, the uh, the pineapple chipotle on your ribs and barbecue, the stone ground peach mustard on your roasted chicken, the honey mayo. Yo, the CMO is now talking. The honey mayo on your stir fry. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't just about pizza. It's, it's just about, you know. You done gave him a sauce and a dish to go with. This, yeah. this guy's on point. Yeah. <laughs> you can make anything good if you got the right sauce. <laughs> yeah. Don't get lost in it. <laughs> Don't get lost. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yo, we we kind of uh, skipped over the uh, unique menu, man. That's one of my favorite parts of your story. Can y'all tell us some of the items on the menu, man, so people can know what yeah. they expect when they come into Slipper Husky? We, we wanted to be creative with, with the menu. Yeah. You know I mean? We wanted to, again, bring our era into Slipper Huskies. So we, we thought it would be unique and Slimmer Huskies, Slimmer Huskies-esque, if I would, to say, instead of a pepperoni pizza, it's a roni, roni, roni. Instead of a, a supreme, it's just a supreme. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, smoking herb with chicken, smoking herb with salmon. You know what I mean? So to bring like subtle aspects of the culture, if you smoking herb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, so what? What is that? I got five on it. What's that? I, so it's a cheese pizza. So the I got five. So it's like five different things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these these young kids might know what I got five on it. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they don't have no idea. I think. You, and now last one is uh, nothing but a. Uh, a V thing? That's a, is it's a that, vegan? It's a vegan pizza? That's another one of the uh, parts of our, our uh, lineup is that we are very, you know, health focused. So, uh, you know, we've got something for everybody. If you want to come in there and just load it up and knock yourself out, we got that for you. But, you know, we also have, you know, a lot of healthy vegetables, you know what I'm saying, that we push on a day-to-day. -day. So we definitely wanted to give, you know, the vegans something to, you know, they could take ownership in. And even like our smoking herb with salmon, I miss our pescatarian. You know, option. And no, there's not a lot of places that have smoked salmon. That sounds good. Uh, I got, I got to check. Yeah, this out. might be the first time we do an episode and actually yeah. go with y'all to the yeah. restaurant yeah. after. Yeah. We got, we about to make history right. today. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Gentlemen, thank you, man. Thank you for pre show. Can we call it Cashville? Or is that like what they still calling that? Or Charlie Cashville, he called the Ville. All right, all right. So when we, when we touch down, you gotta take care of us, man. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Wait, so wait, wait. he tell the people how to contact you, social media and website and all of that. Everything is at Slim and Huskies. Uh, Huskies is H U S K Y S. Slim and Huskies. Went to a state near you. We got Cali coming up. Absolutely, Sacramento will be open this summer. Memphis will be open this summer. Downtown Nashville, uh, which is historical, on Broadway, yeah. black restaurant down there, man. It's huge. We'll be uh, in, a, in a complex that's basically we're right behind the uh, National African American Music Museum that's going to be opening up in Nashville, Tennessee, oh. uh, this, this late this fall. And, uh, yeah, man, we, we've got aggressive plans. And, um, you know, we just hope that, you know, we continue to provide the best piece of service and, and love to – the communities we're coming to. Awful. Dope, dope. Yeah.
Troy, some housekeeping items? Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Y'all know that's our Proud to Pay program. Obviously, you know that it has changed a little bit because we wanted to give y'all more. Shout out to Nanny B for giving us an inspiration to uh, actually give more to our people. So um, everybody that's joined, you know, our top tier, y'all get access to our Earn Your Leisure University. That is our online school where we do three webinars a week, real estate related on Mondays, guest webinars on Wednesdays, and shouting myself to a business podcast, uh, business webinar every Thursday. And we got EYL Espanol, so y'all already know what time it is with that, man. We, we were trying to make sure that we encompass all communities, not just the English speakers. English speaking community, but people of uh, Latin and, and uh, Hispanic descent. So we want to involve everybody um, so that they can have the knowledge and, and the, the know how to get involved in, in the world of business. Um, and shout out to everybody that's been purchasing our merch. We got our new merch. We almost had to sell it off our back the other day um, on earnyalesia.com. So the merch is out. And um, yeah, shout out to um, everybody that has been. Hitting up our, our, you know, our partnership with our brand resumes that is going pretty well. So, like I said, we like to em- empower um, entrepreneurs, but we always want to think about the everyday person who actually has to apply and, and needs a job. So, you know, shout out to everybody that's supporting. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to the great city of Atlanta. Ooh. We just wrapped up a two-day run out here. It's always good to be back in the A. Yeah. Exactly. Y'all got another spot coming in the A, too? Yeah, man, on Metropolitan. 581 Metropolitan, man. These dudes ain't playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right by the AUC, man. So it's got a walk-up window. Come get your late night. Come get your lunch. Your, your, your cinnamon rolls. We're going to test oh, it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, shout out to Atlanta. Um, and Tennessee, yeah, we definitely got to come to Tennessee for sure, man. Yeah, man. Nashville, Memphis, shout out to everybody yeah. in, in Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.